You are my sunshine. And then breathe. It doesn't have to keep going, you know. My only sunshine. Just simple, beautiful, breathy, calm. And that's, you can learn a lot from just being in that state so much, actually. Welcome, beautiful people, to a, another episode of the Getting Mental podcast, where we discuss the wide-ranging factors that shape our lives, from the political to the mental. I'm your host, Luke, and today we're getting mental with none other than Eliza Kate. Eliza Kate is a creative visionary and the founder of SingFest, an online and live singing community that encourages students to empower their life through song. She's a singer, performer, and trainer with 22 years' experience passionate about building community through the power of music, authentic self-expression, and communal experience. At 14 years of age, Eliza Kate was the center of a 10,000-strong crowd for the opportunity of a lifetime, the youngest cast soloist to perform for school's spectacular in Rod Laver Arena. When reflecting on this moment, Eliza recalls a feeling of bliss and awe, cementing in that moment a desire to make singing a part of her life and to share experience with others. In Eliza's words, quote, being a soulless can be lonely. It feels really important to create an experience where everyone feels like they're a part of something. I want to create one huge collective voice so we can all experience what I did on that stage together. End quote. Her mission is to become a leader embedded within a community of people that sing together. She witnessed firsthand the power of community, collaboration, and collective creativity when she took the stage, when she took to the stage as a youth and has, and has dedicated her life to creating singing experiences that penetrate the soul for unlimited growth, connection, and happiness. And her vision, a reclamation or reclamation of voices and empowered living. Eliza, welcome to Getting Mental. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to be here. So I wanted to start off with um, a definition in your own words of how singing is viewed uh, in the world today, as far as it goes with, you know, being a teacher and, and people that take it up and how you view it and how it might differ from the, the narrative singing in the culture. Thank you. Yes. Um, well, I would say that the, the narrative in the culture at the moment is shifting. I feel like with a lot of things at the moment, we're in the age of shifting where we're starting to look at things with fresh eyes and we're more open to reviewing um, past you know, ways of, of, of looking at something. And I think definitely growing up, singing was most certainly a very intimidating um, like uh, activity to partake in and it was very much about being good or not good and being a singer or not being a singer. And most of that related to performing. So very rarely did people just sing um, for pleasure or enjoyment. You were always a part of something to deliver a final product of that so a final performance or a concert or something like that and um i think that kind of played into a little bit of what people are or aren't they either were singers or not singers and we were labeled from very young ages of what we were or weren't i think beautifully nowadays um the shift has started and i think it's starting in across the board in in all different areas this reassessment of how we are looking at life and how we can look at life. And um, in that, people are starting to discover this need to sing and to express themselves and to be a part of a community as well. So it's not just one or the other, but I feel like there's a longing, a deep longing for those that missed out growing up. So I feel like, mm. you know, my generation, our generation and above, we were in that generation when we were younger of you do or don't sing. So a lot of the people, you know, above, I'd say 20 and above now, they're starting to reassess, actually, I can do anything and I can be anyone and I always wanted to sing and now I can because I believe that I can. And now there's resources so that I can. That's beautiful. I think, you know, even speaking to that myself, you know, growing up and I think every kid, they, they want to sing or they enjoy listening to singing and they're like, oh, I'd love to do that. But, you know, the narrative, as you mentioned there, is that you can't because you don't have a singer's voice. Yeah. Now, this is my own personal question. 
is when it comes to the mechanics of singing itself, is everyone able to sing how we hear people on the radio or how we hear people on music albums? Is that a possibility? Or are you referring instead rather the singing as a tool of expression and doesn't need to sound a certain way? I think, or maybe both. Yeah, I think I think both. I think one of the most incredible things about the internet now is that it's it's just there's there's so much music that I guarantee you could sing like somebody on the internet nowadays. <laughs> because Absolutely. everybody has this amazing accessibility to sing on the internet. So there's just so many genres and so many voices and now so many um like uh, styles of music and new styles that are still being created. So I feel like um the amount of music that we're exposed to now is far greater and the amount of genres and languages and uh, influences is far greater now. So you can already go and be a singer online and you can train to become the kind of, you can train to use your voice. Like you said, yes, everybody can train their voice and they can train to use their voice to either um, become a vocalist, you know, really work on their skill set but not everybody wants to be. So that's like for the people that want to, to do music. And then there's the others that don't want to do music. They don't want to be singers. They have no desire to be singers, and, um, but they want to sing. And they need a space where they go, I have no interest in being a professional singer, but I do like to sing and I would like to build my voice. I would like to sing um, well. And I would like to enjoy my voice with my friends and my family and when I'm out and about. And you never know, like maybe I could do a performance here or there, like just, but, and, and I think um, creating a space where these two kinds of people can join together as one is what we're really about, bringing everybody together, um, the vocalists, the professionals, and the people that love to do it simply because it means a lot for their heart and their mind and their, their mental health. Mm. And speaking to mental health, what, what are some benefits that you've seen from not only your, you know, your clients and people you work with, but I guess in your own life as well from you're doing a long time, but the benefits of seeing besides obviously expression and getting the voice out, what, what benefits are you seeing from people who, who dive into this and start practicing singing um, or music, I guess, yeah. and community, which comes with yeah, it as well? That's right. I think um, it's, it's about how you go about singing. So SingFest is, um, I can only speak from the aspect of SingFest because of how it has been created with people and for people and, and by people. So I think in this setting where we are a daily community that sings together, it's been, I, I think that I wouldn't even be able to compare of what it would be like without it because in the last few years, especially in lockdown, I have seen and journeyed every single day of my life with people live online, face-to-face singing, um, releasing, um, singing happy songs, singing sad songs, pressing into all different styles and all different genres, making sounds. And um, I feel like overall we are deeply joyful, deeply joyful and released and it really recenters you. And this is just like from the heart space. You can really tell with your, when you sing, you can actually get a really good assessment of how you're feeling, like how your body is, like physically feeling. Are you well? Are you sick? Are you tired? Um, your voice can't really lie behind that. So the thing mm. is, is that when we, when we get up and we go about our day, sometimes the adrenaline kicks in, the mind starts going, and it's too late to actually realize if, if you're feeling flat or uh, tired or anything like that. So singing allows you to stop in your body and actually feel sound in your body and that can help you to be aware, oh, my nose is blocked or my sinuses are sore or my voice is croaky and or, man, I'm struggling to breathe today. Like I can't get through the sentences today and it actually can give you a huge insight to how you're traveling. Um, so that's been the biggest benefit to me is I actually am able to see when I'm getting run down if I'm pushing too hard, if my body's saying stop, if um, I'm, I'm feeling clear, if I'm feeling alert, all of, this, all of these benefits come from singing and we all are experiencing the same benefits. And I think it's only in time that you can learn about how the benefits work because you need to experience it consistently to be able to compare. So I think that's been one of the beautiful body benefits of the community is that we've all done it long enough and consistently enough daily 
that you actually start mm. to go, oh, some days I just wake up and I'm pretty like I'm smashing it. And some mm. days I wake up and my voice is croaky and slowly these, these feelings like of not good enough or I can't sing or start to change to, oh, I must be tired. Oh, I think mm. I'm coming down with something. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I am like, I'm on it today. Like I'm, I'm ready for the day. I must, I've slept well, or I think I need water. I'm not hydrated. I can feel it in my voice, all of this stuff. So mm. I think like um, the benefits, yeah, it shifts from being good enough to actually how am I going, how am I feeling? And it's just, yeah, it's created a deep, a deep joy and a deep freedom in people's voices and it, it's applied into their, their life, into their journey. Um, into their workplaces, and we've had some mm. real celebrations with a lot of them um, over little milestones in their life that they have used their voice and achieved something that they wanted to do. Yeah, I think speaking to, to freedom, you know, people feel freest, and this is just my own interpretation of what I see, pe people feel freest when, or they feel freedom when they know who they are. And I think the voice is a projection of, what did you say the other day? It's an audio he says an audio face of yeah. who you are. Yeah, it's our right? aud so, auditory face, yeah. Auditory face of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So there's some days, and this is, this is my own personal journey with, with relation to voice. Growing up, I had massive social anxiety. I had huge social anxiety. And the way that it manifested, I think it does this for a lot of people that have social anxiety, was during conversations. Like even reading the, before, like reading out loud, the information about you feeling anxious when I'm reading that it's like oh is that do I sound right or wrong and growing up I had this this tightness in my throat all the time this tightness didn't allow me to express I so badly wanted to to say what I wanted to say and and express who I was but I couldn't because there's restriction in my voice and through practicing which I've been doing the last couple of months doing mantras like Hare 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 Um, like with a, a music background. Yeah, it's really helped me to do two things, which I didn't realize. One of them, and the first one was to obviously express my voice. The second one was to actually know where my voice was on that day. Yeah. So I'd be chain that out loud, and some days I'd be trying to do it a certain way, or trying to do it this way or that way. It's like, wait, let me pause for a second. Let's just think about how I want to do it and how mm -hmm. it's going to sound for me. Mm -hmm. And then go from there. So I'd do it with inside my own body and I'd start doing it from not loud or not too loud, but just precisely who I am at that moment. So I think, you know, singing and singing is the voice, right? It's yeah. expressing your voice. Yeah. So I think that, you know, singing for, for me isn't just singing. It's about expressing my voice. And there's a process of clearing out your throat and clearing out your body. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it takes that repetition and it takes um, time to learn to be okay with how your voice is and who you are on each and every day and knowing that, mm -hmm. you know, you would have found uh, because of the repetition, because you do it not just once but over and over daily and that, that you start to understand every day I am different, every day my voice is different and to check in and to be who you are on that day. And I, I'm, it's really important as well on the other side on those days where you go, I need to rest. I'm actually not going to talk today. I'm not going to sing today. I'm off. My body is saying not today. And to not feel like not to beat yourself up over that too, about like the healthy balance and the healthy understanding of your voice comes from singing. And especially like um, when you can do repetitive exercises or sounds or vocalizers or anything like um, mantras or anything like that where you can actually start to uh, bliss out a little bit and allow it. It's, it's no longer a conscious thought. It just kind of becomes an expression and it just flows around. It's really good for your mind, really good for your body. And I think that's what shifts your mindset about singing. It just it just goes from this all too hard activity to this this state of being. And, and way of expressing. Hmm. It's, a, it's a tool to, again, what you said, it's like you, you see with your eyes the reality around you and the more digital we become, and even if we weren't digital, we, our ears are, are one of our senses mm -hmm. and it picks up who we are and who we are in that moment. Mm -hmm. And and that's really beautiful to see seeing not just as something that you, you choose to do because you want to be better at or whatever, it's just an expression thing, an awareness thing. It's, it's, a, it's a growing thing. Yeah. And it can also... Um 
it can also really shift your state. So when, when you enter it, just because it is breath work at the core, it's actually all about your breath and then you apply voice on top. So um, it really can shift your state. And I think that that's one of the most incredible things is when you enter a singing space and when you leave a singing space, I think anybody that's really spent time in them can really um, relate that you can just leave overjoyed, uh, complete. Elated. Yes, elated. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really amazing. It's a beautiful practice. It brings your, your, you're so centered into your body. It's an incredible practice. And speaking into uh, breath work and how that coexists with singing, Yeah. How, how, does, how do those two go together? Because you mentioned on the phone the other day that you're doing stuff with breath work and singing. Would, That's right. Can you expand that a bit? Yeah. So at the moment, SingFest is creating a breath work uh, course and mm-hmm. and what it is is because you, our we're a wind instrument, and so our our voice is a wind instrument. We're based on our wind, and so the most important part of singing is breathing. Actually, mm-hmm. if you can get that part done, then you're already halfway there, um, and everything else will sit on. And what happens is, you 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 learn to understand entirely how your lungs. Uh, take in oxygen, what it feels like, and how to kind of uh, start to control those breaths and use those breaths. And to sing, you need to be able to really have a very healthy and wholesome relationship with your breathing and be able to calm your heart rate down and take deep, slow breaths and then sing off the back of that and allow the air out. What we mm-hmm. find is a lot of people can get the air in and then they hold it because that's where the t- that it's, it's letting go. It's letting mm-hmm. go. <sighs> That, that is the important part of singing is allowing the breath to actually release because there's a lot of vulnerability. So when that mm. breath releases, we apply sound on top of the breath and they mix together. Um, that's the, the healthy way of singing um, per se. And, and, and people, that's what they come to learn is how to apply breath and sound together so that it's a really warm and wholesome um, feeling and expression rather than a tiring one. But that takes time. It's a skill that takes time. So that's why we're building courses to actually um, calm people's nervous system and meet them where they're at from the day and actually bring them into a space where they can use their voice and their breath at the same time. And it's a little bit different to kind of like the slow meditation music. It's a little bit, it's, it's a different feeling because the music is a little bit more upbeat um, it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's electronic and it's, it's slow. It's, it's just got some decent vibes and it's there to, um, mm-hmm. to meet you with whatever, what, however you're feeling. And the music's job is to meet your body and your energy. And then the, the breath work in the middle is to calm your nervous system from the inside out. So that's mm-hmm. how it's been designed to, to operate. So we've got one called Four Coffees Deep. And that's like, it's, <laughs> it's like a go get them song. Yeah. Mm. The, the music is oh, like, the music, the, right. yeah, the music is like, you know, you've just walked in, you've, you've done your groceries, you've got kids, you've got whatever's going on and you put this music on and you need it. Like let's, cause when you go from this state to it, to like very calm music, it can actually agitate people when we're trying to bring oh, yeah. them in to like, like a decent beat is happening but then we are starting to slow their breath and calm their nervous system within the beat and just satisfy their needs and so that they can sing from there. Okay. And is there an example breathing exercise you can show me? Well, what we do is mostly we try to calm down to about eight second breaths in and eight second breaths out. So it's not overly complicated. It's just a little bit tricky once you've run in the door after a busy day to just drop into that. So the music is what is going to meet you in that high, like a bit of a busier state of being. But the breath work would be simply breathe in, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. This is like an example. And what we'll do sometimes in those mixes, we'll go out and we'll breathe with an F, breathe out. So you'll go mm-hmm. just turns your diaphragm on, gives you a little bit of a different feeling, a little bit of a controlled feeling, and it's nice to feel in control of your breath but also allow it out. So it's a little bit of this like healthy breath relationship 
you know, and letting that anxiety out through Fs and Ss and SHs. So a lot of these sounds are coming into the breath work for singers and just for all people. Okay. So if someone is, for example, you know, they don't want to do singing, they're, they're in a corporate business, they're going to a meeting to talk to 20 people, they're feeling nervous and they need like a five-minute exercise to do, what, what would you recommend? The same thing as that? Yes, I would recommend the mm. same thing as that, but I would put on one of the tracks, whatever track that they need in that moment. So if they're feeling like um, it's all about finding out who you are and what you need. So people will need mm. different things. Sometimes you actually they need hype music. They, they need someone to tell them, go get this, you know, Shake get in there. Yeah, get in there. Use your voice. You've got this. You need some Tony Robbins. Yes. So <laughs> there's like Tony Robbins style music in, in SIGFest. Like we've got pump. Yeah. So it's about knowing what you need and having access to the resources. So it's not so much for me to say everybody should go and do this one breath. It's like know yourself, know that every day you're going to need a different track. Depends on which version of you you are on that day. And if you need something to hype, like to, to not hype you up, but to focus and center you, but encourage you and say, like, let's do this, then we have a track for that that will, because you need to have calm, calm and clarity within that feeling. So it's about kind of um, having those, those, uh, those tracks available that people can do. Yeah, but five minutes is how long they are and they're designed to calm you down and be, become centered and focused by the end. Mm-hmm. In five minutes. And if there's there's no music at all and someone is, again, like going to that, that meeting or like doing a, a public uh, public speaking or they're doing a podcast like like we are now yeah. and they're feeling nervous, they're feeling shy, they want to have to speak, right, but they can feel a tightness in their throat um, and they have no music and they yes. just need to do a quick like breathing exercise or singing exercise, mm-hmm. what would that be then? Um, humming. Humming has the best benefits, yep. So you would take okay. a, a slow breath in. And just mm, and just allow it, mm. allow it to come out. You don't have to hold it. We don't have to enter a different state. You just want to. Mm, and what you can do as well is you can just get your watch um, or, a, or a timer or something like that and just start to extend your breath, your breathing. So let's say you're, you're really short of breath. You might be three seconds in, three seconds out, three seconds in, three seconds out. Go to four, four in, four out, go to five, go to eight, go to 10 and have really allow, like look at something if you can, if not just count to yourself, but also I think have words of affirmation and centered focus on what you're there to do and who you're there to be. Um, And I think like in conjunction, so it's really good to actually, because that's what performers do under high pressure is that we need to get centered. So we, we're the same. We have to go and perform or we have to go. I had to play with an orchestra that I had never met on Saturday in front of a live TV crew and I, I, I had the song given to me as a score. I hadn't heard the track. An orchestra arrived. Wow. They all sat down. I was there. I introduced myself. They said, all right, we're going to run through it twice and then we're going to record it live. And you have to be able to center yourself and just. Is that what you did in that moment? Yeah. You yes. humming? Yep. I hummed. And I just slowed my breath down to eight to eight. So just slow breath in, slow breath out. Yeah. And I, I, go, I personally, I go quiet. So I'm quite quiet before anything. And it's, it's not a fear thing. It's just that's just my way of being. I like to be in my own space and quiet before I'm going to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And is there... As far as articulation goes and getting words precise, is is there a recommendation for, uh, you know, like um, reading out tongue twisters, for example, or or trying to read the dictionary or something like that? Is that something that you would that you do as well, or you recommend to your your uh, clients to do as well? Yeah, I think if people have difficulty with articulation. Um, mm. tongue twisters are really helpful or there's like certain genres if they're super keen, like music theater is all about and is all about diction. It's a diction based music. So there's certain songs that you can practice that need to have every T and every D. Um, but I find what people need to do is slow down the way they talk. I think that's really mm. the issue is not their articulation, but their heart rate. It's running over their words as yep, well. Running over and not not giving themselves breath time to breathe in between their sentences. 
um, and filling it with things like um and so and, and, we, and we all do it, but it's about kind of trying to say nothing at all. It's better to say nothing and to just, it's okay to take silence and take your space and take your time. I think we need to keep learning these things. Yeah, and as just as you're saying that, I have a memory of a few weeks ago listening to Tim Ferriss, Tim Ferriss podcast, awesome podcast, and on that show he talks about transcribing his conversations and he will go through them and, and count how many ums and ahs and I don't think he counts, I think he just checks how many there is from the guests and everyone has a little, little thing they do, like, you know what I mean? Or, yes. yeah, I understand what you're saying, you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Little things that you do and, and for me when I listen to myself back on these things and I'm editing them, I can hear all the arms and the ahs and I start to know other people's voices as well. So I, I tried the next day after my last episode to not do any ums or ahs and I, I tried for a few days actually and what I noticed is that I took lots of breaks in between my words. So it would be like, so I was thinking about going to the shops and it would be like this huge break and it's almost like this fear of silence. Yes. So you can't have the conversation be silent, which means it's awkward. And if it's awkward, then it's a, you're a bad conversationalist. So I, I think what you said there is 100% accurate. Yeah, that's how I feel too. And that's um, something that I'm starting to look at as well. So it's, it's a different type of thing. But I think it takes, like, the more that we talk in public, the more that we need to take our time to calm ourselves use our voice and speak. And I still think this is all very new, not public speaking. Public speaking has been around for a very long time, but I think the way that we're public speaking is different now. Things are starting to come less scripted uh, and more genuine, more from the heart and more... Conversationalist. Yeah. Conversational, yeah, exactly. sorry. Yes, exactly. Like podcasts. These are yeah. new... What was that? This is more of a new industry, so... Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, no one wants the small news segments that go for five minutes and talk about, you know, very like reading off a script. You can see they're reading the script because their eyes are slightly moving. No one wants that anymore. Everyone wants the real, genuine conversation. Hence, why there's three-hour conversations online. Yeah. Of you know Joe Rogan's podcast, and then there's like two-hour talks and three hours. I think it's really important to have you know conversations and not not scripted talks. Yes. But that comes at the risk of lots of ums and ahs, unfortunately. Yes, it does. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. So are you, are you practicing, is that what you're doing at the moment with your own personal life? You're practicing having no ums and ahs when you talk? It's something that I'm aware of when I'm in um, like conversations. Um, but mm. what I'm- Does it stifle you though when you're doing that? Like you're thinking to yourself, oh, Timmy, ums, ahs. Hmm. Not too much. It's more about my breath. I think I focus on breathing than I, I do on what I should do, like what is good for me rather than what's not good for me. So I think that helps as well to just think about the kind of things that I want to be talking about and gather my thoughts and breathe rather than thinking not to say this and not to say that. Mm. Yeah. But it's a journey. Yeah. It's, it's going it to is. be a long time. It really is. And I think that's the, the recurring theme when it comes to singing and, and all the things that you're doing, the community and everything. It's, it's building awareness and, and growing into being comfortable with yourself. It's a self-esteem thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's really key. It's like you have to there's, – there's many ways to build self-esteem, but one of the vessels through which you can do that, again, comes back to the same thing, which is your voice. Yeah. And same experience I've had in my life. It's like – being able to express myself is like a compounding effect. It's a snowball effect. Over time, the better you are to express yourself, the better you feel about yourself, and it goes on from there. Yeah, that's correct. And um, just a little touching onto um, SingFest as a community and what, what we've experienced, I'd love to share with you a little bit about that. Please. So SingFest has... Uh, started in the beginning of COVID when we locked down. And what happened was, you know, everything shut down really quickly and 
the first thing as a singing coach or a singing teacher that was before then it was only in person. There was no online. Zoom didn't exist. I mean, it did. Sorry, Zoom. But um, it wasn't known. <laughs> Not to me. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't known um, at that time. And all of a sudden we, are, we were separated from the people that we know and love and separated from opportunities to meet new people. And when, when we started, we immediately went on. There was a lot of courses. If you remember in the beginning, there was like a lot of co- courses were the first thing and we started running masterclasses and courses online and that just gave us this amazing thrill of community and connection and what singing online can do, um, which is very different than singing in person, mind you. And it's just, it's, a, it's also a very new thing, singing in community online. And so we, we gathered together and we, we sang online each day in these masterclasses and birthed was let's start this online community. And mm-hmm. it's just a fantastic way to stay connected face-to-face with people because what I've really learned is with our online live events, so there's a lot of, the, a lot of courses, a lot of pre-made courses, but without being live online, it's the only way to journey with people daily. That's it. And it's different than posting on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. It's the only way that we can actually uh, stay live together. So it really became about seeing each other and, and having relationships with each other and seeing each other's homes and, you know, seeing each other with morning hair and, you know, you can have your camera <laughs> off and you can have camera on. and um, bre- So annoying when they make you put your camera on. I know. I know. We're super <laughs> optional on that end. Super optional. Actually, a lot of people work up to it because they feel like, oh, my goodness, I'm singing, I'm opening my mouth, and I've got my camera on. Even though they're on mute, it's still a very vulnerable experience, just super vulnerable. With the mantras I do in the morning, you know, I'm living here with people, and I, when I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, it must sound so weird. It's like no noise, just me and my earphones on. It's like this hare, hare, hare. I'm like, oh, it must sound so weird. So part of the process is just letting go of that as well and like recognizing that your voice of using words is just as welcome as, as your singing voice as well. Absolutely, yeah. Huge. So I want to ask a question. Why did you change the name from SC Gym to SingFest? Um, we kind of- you want to be more community-based, right? Yeah, and we outgrew it, I feel. I feel like we just, it, it came to its natural conclusion uh, in the beginning, uh, SC Sing Gym was, was standard for Sydney Can Sing. And then people outside of Sydney joined and then other states joined. So it, it, it became more like Sydney Can Sing was a community-based idea. It was about my community, my people, the people that I get to live my life with all around me, people I know, people I don't know, they can sing. Like they've got it in them. They can do it. It's not – it's not about how good they are. It's just that they can and mm-hmm. we can do it together. Um, but when people started joining in from outside of that, it just became more than this. So it became Sing Fest because we started to uh, organize our first live event, a large event, a singing festival where everybody comes together and sings together with one voice led by vocalists on the stage with a band. So we decided to create sing fest first and sing fest is like yeah this this uh, this space where everyone can sing with one voice in lots of harmony because we have a dream to hear thousands of people singing together at once so we started sing fest and i said this is what it's about we need to change the name to sing fest because we sing online together and we journey life together so that we can meet in person and i think that that's what the core of this is it's about being together every day but we can't always be together live in a live festival so we've found a solution to be together anyway Mm. (laughs) so we're together we train we learn about our voice we we learn our songs we sing multiple genres we learn gymnastics we learn i mean vocal gymnastics we learn different styles we learn how to free our larynx and our our tongue and our face what was that what you said free- larynx larynx yeah our vocal <laughs> box <laughs> just only a singing teacher would know what that is yeah our vocal cords you know because they get tight people get all stuck in there so really um oh. free our bodies up 
so that when we meet in person, uh, we feel free, we feel connected, we feel familiar, and we feel ready to welcome with open arms anybody who's never sung before because we totally mm. get it. It's like going to a, a festival or a concert. You know, everyone, no, no one just goes for the music. They go for the atmosphere. They You're go for the atmosphere. atmosphere. Yes. Atmosphere mm. with an opportunity that um, is new where instead of, I think the thing with most festivals is when you go, you go to see, especially music festivals, you go to see the stars or you go to see the mm. artist. Um, become the star yourself. You become it? the star. <laughs> like it's your time. <laughs> Yeah. It Love is it. it's for that to experience mm -hmm. what it is like to have an important vocal role to be a part of something and that your singing voice is needed and it's necessary in order to hold the tune otherwise mm. it won't sound the same. Well speaking of of concerts and festivals and whatnot what was it like performing in front of was it 10,000 people? It was. Yeah. Is that the, that's the most you performed in front of? Yeah, that was my largest crowd so far. It was crazy. What was it like? I, well, I loved it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, you loved it? You weren't, you weren't I, nervous or? Oh, no. Nah, I love like, I loved it. <laughs> uh -huh. I'd be so nervous doing that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, no, I, I totally understand the nerves and I think that is a incredibly normal response. Um, a majority is going to feel nervous and... And I should feel nervous, but I felt a deep sense of excitement, I believe, like just a readiness to – I had worked very hard to be there. I had worked really hard on my songs and my parts, so I had – You're 14, though. You're so young. I know, but even when you're 14, you do um, – yeah, I think it was something like six to eight months of rehearsals in Melbourne with the band. You'd spent all weekend there. It was like – you were You're kind of used to it at that point. You've been doing to just get an insight into to the performance industry, I guess. You're actually there every single, you know, every week or whatever, and you're performing on that stage, getting yourself familiar with it. Yeah. And yeah, well, you're we, used we to were it, performing right? in a in a like a a different part of it. We don't go to the stadium until maybe uh, ten days oh, right. before. But yes, we do prepare. We learn our dance moves. You do your choreography. You learn how you go on. We had 1,500 people in the choir um, there and we had 1,500 dancers. So the 3,000 people as well were actually a That's part of cool. the production. Yeah, that's amazing. So I think before you go on, like it's, it's like what I said before, you're just really focused. You have in this position, it's a little bit more you have an experience to have but you also have a responsibility. Um, there's something that needs to happen you've got timing you've you've got to enter at the right time you've got to leave at the right time you need to walk up the steps the lighting everything is curated to be in time with you in time with the band um wow that's what i mean though being yeah. you'd be so nervous having all these <laughs> things coming upon your coordination it's uh red um you know what i think so i i was a runner i was a a, a runner beforehand a successful runner and that's where I got my mindset from so I had this ability to focus and to hold myself to block out the noise kind yeah, of yeah to block out the noise and to do what I had to do and I think that came from sport funny enough like I had done three years of music theater by then as well so it shows every year so I was used to being on the stage and used to being in this kind of theatrical experience but um, when you're a runner, a long, I was a long-distance runner. So when you're a runner, I think I ran for state, um, I ran for Australia when I was really young, and you, you get to this point where you've got like 100 metres and that's it, it's over. You know you've only got a couple of minutes to focus and you can't allow nerves in, in mm. a way. Like you can't. You need to focus on what you're going to do. And I think that that, to be honest, that, also helped me um, with my performances because I had the ability to switch off. Mm. Yeah, I mean, more for me would be the anticipation as opposed to the performance itself. Oh, yeah. You know, so like, like the night before, if I have a big event on, I'm like, oh, I can't sleep or this or that. Yeah. It's almost like a pressure around having all things in place, perfectionism, right? Yeah. 
um, which is why if I'm at an event or, you know, like some of the events that, that we're familiar with in the community, I guess you could call yeah. it, um, for those listening, it's like the spiritual community slash just community in, in Sydney yeah, um, where we, we met. And, um, yeah, one of those events, well, I mean, multiple of them now, which actually you were there, that's right, I forget. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I will throw myself on last minute because if I knew I was going on stage to do some random freestyle rapping, which I'm not even that good at, <laughs> or like go on stage in front of even 30, 40 people, I would not, I would like not sleep. I would be freaking out. I'd be like worrying. It's just, I think it's just perfectionism, right? But if I go in that last minute, it's like, yeah, I'll do it. Boom. Let's do it. Yeah. And I'll go and do it. I'm not worried at all. So yeah. it's, it's more the anticipation for me. And I think that's a lot. The same for it's, a lot of people as well. It is it is the same. It's um totally normal. And when we have concerts, we have a few that book in, we have a few that plan, and then we have a few that go, I'm just going to see how I go on the day. Um, because, you know, thinking about it, leading up to it, it's it doesn't sit well for everybody. It's actually uh, not going to be the right thing for everybody and people will lose sleep, they'll get anxiety over it, they they will feel all sorts of like uh, stress It's and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like that we're made differently. So those people are, that's why in SingFest we always say, we always leave room for, you know what, why don't you just see how you feel? And it allows mm. for those people to actually have choice and freedom so that they sleep well the night before and enjoy their day and enjoy the concert. And if they feel like it, they can jump up and we support that and we believe in that, that way of being and those people as well. I think it's rare for people to enjoy like singing or performing or doing anything in front of a bunch of people. Like you ask most people, what's their biggest fear? It's public speaking, which is the yes. same thing as performing publicly. It's a strange thing. You know, it, the first time, it's like a pretty extreme experience, like your very first time. But there's something incredibly endearing. Thrilling about it. Yeah, you just want to do it again. Like the most thing that people do is when they get off, they go, when's the next one? Like, I just want to <laughs> do it again. Like this, it like is skydiving. such an accomplishment. Yes. It's such an accomplishment. It is a real achievement and it's very admirable when people have learnt to sing, especially adults who have gone in, I've never sung, and then they've gone, they've spent a year, two years training, learning, and then they perform. It's incredible. I, I admire them. I admire them. I, I know it. The butterflies, the twisted knots in your stomach. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's a whole thing. What makes you nervous then if you don't get nervous from performing in front of 10,000 people? Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> if anything, yeah, uh, it you know, certain environments make me nervous. I think feeling unpre- unprepared, mm. if I'm not prepared, that can throw me a little bit. That's actually, yeah, when I think about it, feeling unprepared is is what makes me feel nervous, yeah, I think for me too, and you know what I do, which is I think pretty cool is I'll find a balance between, which I talked about in my last podcast, of order and chaos, right? So order is like having everything organized, like all like uh, T's crossed, I's dotted. Mm -hmm. And if you do too much of that, though, you get rigid Mm -hmm. and you become stifled. And there's a chaos, which is when you have obviously just too much chaos, things everywhere, your your room is messy. So when I'm even just doing this stuff, you know, I have stuff planned. I have stuff to fall back on if I want to, mm-hmm. um, but also embracing the chaos, but knowing that I have a foundation of structure, mm-hmm. of being organized and being prepared. Yeah. Um, so that's how I, I deal with mine. I think that's a, a really cool way of, of managing uh, the chaos, but also not being too rigid. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I feel like that's a fanta- that works for me as well, and I really like it to have that that balance i think the thing that makes me feel nervous is especially in music um especially with backing tracks or karaoke's that i've had to learn very quickly mm. because when i'm playing piano i'm fine if i'm playing piano or guitar i won't feel nervous at all because i can do whatever i want to do and i can support the song however i want sing it any way i want but when mm. i'm um in, when I have to sing a song or learn a lot of songs very quickly, you have to nail your entry points and I think um, and when you, you know, what's happening with it and I think that's where I get nervous is if I'm not like solidified on every track. But that, it doesn't happen often, but when it happens, it's not a very fun feeling. 
Yeah, and that's and like you said before, that's cool as well. And yeah. you know, you have the tools there, which we've we've spoke about. You know, yeah, having certain breathing exercises and things in place. So you can't always be prepared for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you can, you you try your best to. Yeah, that's for sure. That's right. Yeah. So besides um, Sing Fest, formerly SC Sing C- SC Sing, yeah. What other projects are you working on? Is any any other fun stuff, exciting things, or anything you'd like to share? Um, I'm just thinking about that. Yeah, take your time. Singfest is my life. It's very much a part of my being. So it is. It does take um, all of my time. However, and 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 gladly so. However, I I am a worship pastor at church, so I I play music on Sundays, and I have a Which team, church? Open House Church of Christ. Okay. Yeah, so it's um it's about an hour away, and I've been a, a working at church there for an hour uh, for a year, and I'm a worship pastor there. So I go out, That's and awesome. I love it. Yeah, I just get to be with the band, and so I'm out there. I leave it. I wake up at six every Sunday morning, so my Sundays look really different. And I feel like that's just, that's for me. That's, that's my stuff. Like Sing Fest is about how I can live my life with everybody in my ideal world of singing and joy and, and learning and, and experiencing. But on Sundays, like that's where I go to be who I really am in my core, you know, with my band and I get to teach them how to play and choose the songs and, um, build them up and and build them up and and watch them blossom and bloom and and worship together and that's yeah that mm. for me is it's really important that's beautiful yeah do you are you do you believe in obviously you're going to church is that because you want to perform or is it because you're also there to worship yeah, um, totally. God. Yeah, worshiping God is is a massive part of who I am and um I am just I just love Jesus and I love loving others and I love the simplicity of love God and love others. I'm all about that. And um that's what I get from church is um learning new ways to love God and to love others. You know, and that's that's the that's the two top points of the gospel and that that's fantastic. <laughs> you know. I can do that. <laughs> I feel like, yes, I'm made to love others and to love God and, um, yeah, to love our brother and sisters. That's fantastic. I'm all about yeah. that. Yeah. I think, I think we're all here to do that and that's, you know, I think you can point most of the things in the world that are quote-unquote wrong to that. You know, we have so much what it feels like division happening in the world and things separating us apart and, you know, and it's so hard to do as well, you know. It's easy to sit here and say, oh, we need to love, but. It's so hard to do. It's, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah, especially when, like, you know, there's so much things happening in life. You have these stresses and, like, no matter how passionate you are about what you do, there's always stress there and there's always things you want want to do. And, you know, that that stress in my mind, you know, not all the time, but it's almost like a divergence from from love, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's key to always come back to that. And, you know, I used to go to church when I was – uh, how old was I? I was twelve or thirteen when I when I stopped taking it seriously. In all mm-hmm. honesty, like I was practicing to be a, a leader at the church. Yeah. And um, yeah, my dad started to make me go. Like I had to go. Like it wasn't uh, my choice anymore. He's like, no, you have to go. Yeah. And it was a, a Pentecostal. That's how you say it. Yeah, Pentecostal. Uh, yeah. Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Um, church called Shire Live in Sutherland, and um, I had a great time there. It was awesome. It's like a, going to a concert every single weekend and everyone's socializing, everyone gets dressed up and and um yeah, when I, when I went there it was you were saying now, but when I was going there it was it was quite the experience and I you know, I lost my that's what I was saying. I lost my my belief in wanting to follow a particular and most Christians won't say it's a religion, but you know, for lack of better words, religion. And for me I kind of took off to a different path and did all the uh all the crazy things that teenagers do, and that's that was my end of the journey. But I read the Bible. I think there's amazing stuff in there. Um, for anyone who doesn't does or doesn't believe, there's amazing stories and metaphors in there. So, oh, it's an incredible, it's an incredible book. And um, I feel like church, you know, can like because you've you've been in there. It 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 shows you 
what community can be like. And it's a place where all people sing together. And it's one of the only places that all people sing together. And yeah, yeah, it's like where, what other communities other than churches of all different kinds sing together? Uh, It's very, very rare. um, And we take it for granted massively because it's so rare. And so if you actually talk to somebody who's never been to church, they're like, what do you mean people sing to? All ages, all kinds of people, they just sing together every weekend. And it's like, yes, we all just sing together. And what's so cool is that I can take that experience, take it out from Sunday, from Monday to Saturday and sing with everybody just for the joy and the, the love of it. You're um, trying to create churches everywhere. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, singing churches. <laughs> <laughs> we sing together, we love each other, and we, and we, we encourage each other to go and be our, ourselves, our true selves. Yeah. That's epic. Yeah, it's kind of That's exactly awesome. like that. It's just like um I take what I what I've seen and I can apply it to my life into the our community and I've seen I've learned a lot from being in church of how to care for all age groups. You know, how to make sure that all people from all walks of life feel safe to be together, to express themselves and to sing and to learn and to be met and heard. That's what I've learned. Yeah. And that's our ancestry, right? You look yes. back, at least as far as as I'm as I've seen, you know, you look back to uh, hunter gatherers, and we were at night time. There was no lights around the fire, and would sing and mm-hmm. and and do all these kind of things and dance and whatnot. So I think that there's so many lessons inside of of uh, you know of Christianity and of of religions in general. Like you can. And I know people don't like that word religion, but just in organizations and, and things like that, there's so much you can learn from it in your own life. And yeah. I think most things you can take from from there. And if you don't believe in that, you can apply it in your own way. And of course you believe, but you've applied in your own way. You've done community, you've done singing, you've done expression. Mm-hmm. And all these things are fundamentals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, of life. Yeah, that's right. Totally. I'm with you on that. Mm. And I think it's, yeah, it's been a blessing. Um to be able to take all of our experiences, not just church experiences, all of them, combine them and, and create the lives that we were born to live. And, you know, that takes time. It's not like you can go create it and then it's like, ta-da, <laughs> I'm living the life I was born to live. No, it's, it's, it's always, you're always creating, you're always learning, and then we, mm-hmm. we continue to adjust and build. And, but singing will always be the center of my existence. Beautiful. Yeah. So a few rapid-fire questions. Um, mm-hmm. So if there was an exercise, a singing exercise or a, an exercise in general that you would, you know, from this conversation that we've discussed already, you can mention it again or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there, there one kind of singing exercise or singing uh, or breathing exercise that you would, you would leave behind for a person if there's just one thing they could take away as an exercise from this? There is. Um, but I'd have to ask them if they had a straw and water because it would really depend on that. <laughs> If they have access to a straw and water, I would say if there's one thing you can do, it would be to fill a large cup, very large this cup. This is what you did with me when I was full of in water. your office last yes. time. Yes. And I would tell them to put a straw in it. I would tell them to put their mouth over the straw and just blow sound up and down, uh-huh. up and down through that straw. It's this a beautifully wonderful, safe practice to heal your voice if you're ever injured um, or warm your voice up. It'll do both of those things. If they don't have that, then I would get them to um, hold their cheeks and go very gently. Yeah. So I would say that's a fantastic way to warm your voice up and to play around with it. So going as low as you can. But not as high as you can. Mm-hmm. People go, sh- they shoot up to the stars. That's confusing though, because it's <laughs> low and high. High is when is high is like mm, always high. Ah. High is ah, oh, okay. and low is oh. Right. Low so is, low is mm. you get low, get low, get low. <laughs> yeah. From the window <laughs> to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know it's all about that bass? bass. About that bass. That's it. Baritone so you've got your voice. bass down there. Baritone. And bases. <laughs> so you got your base, but I would I would say, you know, if I was to leave them one person with one exercise just to warm their voice up and train their voice so they can feel it, it would be. Um, but if they wanted to use, if they wanted to use their voice in actual sound, I would get them to bop. Bop, 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 
It's just a great way to feel sound, but it's very safe. Cool. It's so so quick. So it's quite quick to get your your voice from the bottom to the top without damage. It's just you've got to watch for vocal damage, and if you're not unchaperoned. Unchaperoned. What does that mean? <laughs> yes. Where you're just no one's watching you and you're just belting out the bangers, you know. When I'm in classes <laughs> in the with shower. people, they're all cu- yeah, they're all calm, you know. They're like doing all the activities and then they come back. I think I sang too much, you know. They've just gone wild, um, and the yeah, when you when you're just going for it mm. um, and you start to get vocally tired and you're not even you don't even know you're vocally tired until it's too late, which is so fine. Mm. It's super fine. You, it, you learn from every experience, so you kind of go, oh, I think I went a bit hard. You mentioned that when I when yeah. did a singing lesson with you, you were talking about you know going back to breath as well. When you're yes. singing, it's a combination of those two: the the, the voice and the breath. Yes. And you don't try and force out like ah, uh, like you you use your voice yes. as well and like combine them together. Yes, and that's how you don't wear your voice yes. out, right? Yes, that's right. Yep, absolutely. So you get this like a sigh. Mm. Ah, <sighs> that's the action. Yeah, that's the action. Okay. So instead of just from the voice, ah, 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 it sounds like it'll get tired. Nah. <laughs> you just breathe it out. Ah. And so, yeah, you just, I would just recommend to sing songs in your range that are natural mm. to you mm-hmm. on that. And it can be like, you are my sunshine. And then breathe. It doesn't have to keep going, you know. My only sunshine. Just simple, beautiful breathy, calm, and that's uh, you can learn a lot from just being in that state so much, actually. That's epic. Okay, next yeah. question. What is one of the biggest challenges we are facing as a civilization, in your opinion? You know, it could be like, um, you know, uh, we need more uh, education for women or we need more food around the world. Or what, What's your one? Can you repeat the question? Yeah, so what is, the, what is one of the biggest challenges we are facing as a civilization, in your opinion? Um, we are challenged, like I think that we, the biggest challenge that civilization has is to love each other. Okay. I was going to say what is the solution, but obviously it's to love each other. But what's what's a practical way in in your experience of loving people more? I think service of others is a very um, a very good start. So when we can serve others, um, it takes the the emphasis of serving ourselves, which I think is a still a new thing, and it's very necessary because there's a lot of self abandonment that happened with serving others. So I'm certainly a big fan of self-care, self-service and, and starting to know ourselves and definitely prioritizing that so that we can serve others. But it is it should be so that we can go back out into the world and serve others and make sure, you know, just be available to others and just see what the what they need and to come together to do that. It's very simple, but um I think if we can serve love ourselves and, and be whole and do the, the work that needs to be done. Mm. So that w- so that we can go back out to others is is the goal, and I think that would make a very big difference. It could almost be a process of, I guess, healing your trauma or healing your 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 stuff going on inside your body and your mind. Yeah, I think I think so, but also not falling too far into that space as well. Like, what do you mean by that? You know, hmm. I just mean we can get a little bit trapped in in looking at all of our faults and and if you're not equipped to be able to balance that out you can just start to feel really crap a lot of the time mm. so you know i i i think we should find the things that we love to do and do those practices and become more present and become aware but in a very gentle kind of gentle way rather than i'm going to go and heal all of my things because then you just spend a lot of time looking for new things to heal and not enough time living and, and being just totally okay as you are. So just balance. I'm just a bit aware that there needs to be a balance in that space. Yeah, I, I resonate with that. I think the axis of being a human is there is fundamental flaws and those flaws mm-hmm. aren't quote-unquote flaws. They're just a part, they're part of one of the faces of, of humanity, right? And Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what was come up for me when you said that was someone I was speaking to who 
and I'm sure you met this this character before, this kind of person before, this archetype, I should say. She was mm-hmm. all about healing, you know, like healing, like I got to do this mm-hmm. work, I got to speak to, you know, uh, my psychologist, and I got to go and mm-hmm. see like a EMDR specialist and neurofeedback, mm-hmm. and it's like I have so much things going, I need to do this, 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 and it's almost like this identity around I am, I am broken, so I need to be fixed, and that's the healing yeah. itself is in that particular thing. And I think mm. if you go down that path, it's, it's, it's the incorrect view of reality. You know, it's like you mm. see reality in one stroke. It's like you are flawed and that's okay, which is what you're yeah. precisely talking to, which is love, self-love. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I think just that um, loving, like working on ourselves, but also getting out there and getting amongst people. Community. As of today, yeah, community and serving others and, um, you know, random acts of kindness. There's lots of little practices that we can do now that we have available to us that we've tried before and that we're aware of that we can go out and do. And it already will make a difference to others' lives and to your lives. And I think, um, yeah, like you said, not working, working on ourselves to see what, what is holding us back. That would be the healing. Like what's holding us back from our full potential, mm-hmm. but not doing it all at once and not looking for everything at once, just one step at a time. Oh, I noticed this is, you know, this is happening for me or that's happening for me. And um, in between living my life. Uh, <laughs> it's like 10,000 people again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I dream of it. Can't wait. So one, yes. one last question. Um, yeah. This one's an odd one. If you could leave behind Ooh. a toolbox, does that have mm-hmm. to be a literal toolbox? But if you could leave behind yep. a few things for people, you know, you won't hear anymore and it could be, it could be like a, a book or an audio recording or a song or, a, you know, a map or whatever, what would you leave behind? Is it for singing or for life? Whatever you want, whatever you choose to say. I'd leave my journal and then they could go read it all and get as much <laughs> out of that as they can. <laughs> So you want everyone to know your secrets? I don't mind. If I'm going, then maybe some person can just resonate and go, oh, my goodness, mm. that's just changed the way I think for the better. Mm. Do you journal your dreams? Oh, I don't, yeah, I do. I start doing that. I've been reading yeah. Carl Jung, uh, one of his books on dream analysis, and he talks about how it's a, a, a kind of a, a door to the unconscious. And... um. It is. It's amazing. I'm a big lucid dreamer. Oh, really? Um, I started lucid dream. Yeah, I started lucid dreaming when I was twelve. Wow! And, I got someone coming on um, in a few weeks yeah. who's talking about. Well, Monday, who's talking about lucid dreaming? There you it's go. It's awesome. It's yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time in there, and um, that's probably one of the reasons I've never had issues of sleep, <laughs> is because just lucid dreaming when you go off off to sleep. Um, it's just an amazing transition from awake to sleep, and I can just. Yeah, access it all the time. But I started when I was 12. I used to be like saying it to my dad. Did you know like I can do these things with my dreams and like I'm really like I'm asleep and I'm dreaming, but I'm totally aware of what I'm dreaming. Wow. And he's like, yeah, I, I can do that too. So I got it from my dad for sure because he – this is before – like this is, you know, 1990-something. Yeah. I started yeah, dreaming, lucid dreaming. So, yeah, I didn't know what it was. I just thought I could um, just – go into my dreams consciously and yeah i still can, can you change like, the environment a, as well or just you as the person you, in the dream yeah yeah i can change my environment and i can dream within it i've had ones where i've dreamed within a dream that was an extremely ex- and, and i'm aware of it like i can recall it and i can recall the dream and yeah that was super super interesting wow very inception based yeah i was gonna ask how you yeah. do it but i the next guest will tell us on that so that's a nice little transition to yes. the next episode so absolutely well thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure and um yeah, yeah did you want to leave your details here where people can find you uh the best place to go and if they want to sign up to do singing lessons or, or any of the sort yeah absolutely so they can come to singfest.co um and search singfest on instagram and facebook but most of our stuff is through the website um singfest.co and you know you can get started today you can come and join us and trial it out and just express and uh and just 
experience yes, is the word I was looking for. Just, Just come love. and have, have your own experience. <laughs> I do like love, <laughs> but um, experience singing is, is my portal of love, I guess. So I love love, but my way of doing it's it way is of service. community. Yeah. Through singing. Awesome. And it's, I'm super stoked to be a part of that. Well, I'll put in the show notes as well for those who are listening and want to find out more. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining, Eliza. No problem. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for having me and for chatting about all things voice. I really appreciate it. Thank you, beautiful people, for listening to another episode of the Getting Mental Podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, follow, and share it with your friends and family. If you would like to see more of the Getting Mental podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or on every social media platform. You can find us at Getting Mental Podcast. Until next time.